Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the McCarthy Project live from Minnesota, where we have been attacking life and sports since 2001. Well, good afternoon. This is Stephen McCarthy from the McCarthy Project, and we are coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where we have been attacking life and sports since 2001. And today we are going to go down a uh, one familiar path and one unfamiliar path for all of our listeners in the sense that we have talked about fluoride uh, and the uh, results of being of it included in our water system, in our water supply, and in our um, in our toothpaste and all that kind of stuff, and using it as a competitive advantage by taking it out of your diet and out of your toothpaste. But I thought I would have um, a guest on today to talk about well, why would you do that? I mean, I've kind of broken down the, the reasons why, but now let's talk a little bit about the science of it. And then also there's a big, big push in this area of diet for athletes as far as dairy is concerned. And so uh, I thought uh, we'd also talk about the world of raw milk, you know, and pasteurized milk. And again, I know the end result, but I don't know the connecting points. So I am totally uh, thrilled an honor to have um, David Augustine uh, on the uh, on the show today to talk a little bit about these two particular subjects. He has a um, uh, a journal called the Journal of Natural Food and Health. Uh, he has a, a long background in the world of uh, um, and I actually before I was going to say because I'm reading out the bottom and it's uh, environmental and health issues and so. Uh, that can mean a lot of different things to young people versus some people like my age, which are what's an environmental issue. I won't even know necessarily what those are. But David, how are you doing today? I'm doing just great. Thanks, Stephen, for having me on your show. Absolutely, absolutely. So before we get into, like, say, fluoride and the raw milk specifically, give us a little more details about why you're doing what you're doing and and what kind of led you to this position. Well, I've been in I've been in the uh, environmental field and somewhat uh, health and safety for about 40 years now, and you know I go back. I, I have a chemical engineering degree. I got a master's in environmental uh, industrial controls, and you know the the idea of fluoride's always bothered me. So, oh, about six years ago, I picked up and started to research it uh, very much in depth. Uh, there's there's several good sites out there, uh, lots of books on it, and so I've sort of uh, did my own independent research. And uh, it, it's really, you know, if it wasn't for the tragedy of adding fluoride, which is a poison, into the drinking water, it'd be it'd be the greatest comedy on earth. It's that hilarious. Um, so that the fluoride. It's, it's actually used as a drug when it's put in drinking water. So uh, most people don't realize it's in there, uh, and they don't, they don't realize that it's a drug. Uh, people are being drugged without their knowledge, and they don't give any side effects. The, it, it has some pretty serious side effects in some people. Uh, 
And long-term-wise, uh, who knows what it does. Because um, it's a relatively new phenomenon. I mean, if you do you have any information as far as the history of how fluoride was added to the water and added to toothpaste? Well, yeah. Uh, fluoride experimentation on human populations started back in the 30s in the United States. And... They picked two uh, mid-sized cities. One was in Michigan and one was in New York. And they basically cut the experiment uh, off too soon. Uh, if they would have gone <clears throat> a couple more years later, <clears throat> they would have found out that not only were the teeth not any better between the, the fluoridated communities and the unfluoridated, they would have found out in the fluoridated communities there were, were other types of dental problems so from there it sort of escalated thanks to the public health service and you know it, it's fluoridation is is occurring now in 70 percent of the cities even or 70 percent of the united states uh, a lot of cities have have now banned it they've voted it out but it, yeah, that's how portland think, did that or one of those bigger cities over yeah. there on the west coast yeah, Portland, uh, they they kept their water fluoride free like it has been for centuries. But no, the pro-fluoride American Dental Association and the Public Health Service and, and those nonprofit uh, entities that are paid to say that fluoride is healthy for you and that it's necessary to prevent cavities, um, they they like to go in these communities and uh, spread a lot of information that's just not correct at all. You know, just think about it. On on a tube of toothpaste, it says, you know, if a child swallows a pea-sized amount of it, uh, FDA is required to say on there uh, to call the poison control center. <laughs> now, this is the same amount, this pea-sized amount of toothpaste. Which and you know they don't they don't want you to use that much they want you to use a whole bunch, yeah. a lot more than a pea size, but it's the same amount of fluoride in that pea size amount of fluoridated toothpaste as is in a one eight ounce glass of fluoridated water. So now <laughs> one's a poison. Yeah, I told you this is hilarious. One, <laughs> I mean, one, it's funny, so you're saying the pea size is equal to yeah. one glass of water. So if you have four glasses of water, you essentially, by the science of it, should be going to the to the emergency room because you're being you're poisoned. One glass, one eight ounce glass, is what they would tell you. Now, you're going to drink uh, maybe eight or ten glasses equivalent of fluoridated water. Uh, maybe not everybody, but you know. So, so this this does have health effects because with every sip, uh, you're drinking in trillions and trillions of these negative reactive uh, ions. You know how they're talking about, always talking about uh, the reactive uh, ions that are in your body that causes cancer. Yep. Uh, well, this this is the worst kind. Fluoride is really the worst and, and the most toxic. Uh, element on the periodic chart that's ever been known by man outside of the radioactive. It's highly volatile. It's highly um, 
reactive. And so what happens, it gets into every cell of, of the body, and it then uh, attacks certain things. I think the uh, fluoride impact on the thyroid gland is the most interesting because that has to do with metabolism and uh, a lot of different things the thyroid hormones do. But the fluoride competes with the iodide because they're both halogens, you know, chemically. They're right next to each other on the periodic chart, so they're very similar. And so the fluoride then competes with the iodide. It's particularly problematic with so many people now uh, deficient in iodide. And I, I, I've not heard anybody say it, but, you know, I think it's because of all this low-salt diet uh, craze. Yes. People were now, I have another couple of questions, uh, two things. One, a statement, and then I'd like to kind of go back, is that I have heard that essentially the fluoride in the water becomes kind of the catalyst to all these other types of things that are going on around, like the deficiency in I, um, you said iodide or iodine? Does it make, is it iodide. Okay, iodide. Iodide. Would you agree with that statement? Oh, absolutely. Fluoride, like I said, is reactive. So one of the things it does, all these trace minerals that we need so much that we're kind of deficient in unless we take a, a good uh, full-spectrum mineral uh, supplement, those trace minerals, which are very, very tiny amounts, are tied up and reacted with the fluoride. So they, they then can't be utilized by the body. Uh, fluoride reacts with just about everything. So it essentially basically takes away, even if you put good stuff in your body, having fluoridated water in there takes that away, and then basically what does it do with it once it's reacted with it? Does it basically you just go to the bathroom and it comes out? Or what actually happens to, or does it just basically react with it and then it disappears? Well, I don't know about the mineral. The mineral salts will probably go out through your through your urine or whatever. Okay. But, but uh, here's the thing is that, about half of this fluoride that's being ingested stays in the body. In other words, you can you can test people's urine, and only half of it comes out. So it stays in the blood. It stays in the body. It's deposited in the bones and around the cartilages, around the joints. Uh, this, this is why so many people are having problems with, like, uh, ligament problems and arthritis. Yeah. Oh, Oh my gosh. All right, now whenever you get pains of the the the, the one of the, one of the uh leading uh symptoms of fluoride toxicity and it, it may take a few years to to see this is uh pain in the joints and it's the same symptoms as what they call arthritis. <laughs> and then they're going to misdiagnose it, call it arthritis, but it really has to do with the water. Yeah, that's right. And so there's uh now we're being uh medicated without our knowledge, uh, drugged with water fluoridation and there's no controlled dose. Like with any medicine a doctor would prescribe, he would control the dose based on your body weight. And so now children and uh, small toddlers and infants, they're getting this uh pretty heavy doses of fluoride far more than than what what would you know what they're saying that that you really need and there's no FDA approval for this 
uh, and they're not being told of the serious side effects. And matter of fact, fluoride in water has never really been safety tested. <laughs> yeah, and there's no study of, of the long-term health effects and outcomes of populations that have been fluoridated versus the unfluoridated community. It's, the funny thing is that, and the reason I laugh is because, and this is probably the humor side you were talking about earlier, is that I am 45 years old, and I remember being told as a young kid that fluoride, not only in the dental chair, because I remember doing the fluoride treatment there, but also in the fluoride in the water was for my for my dental health. That was what it was for. Yeah. You know, and well, so, I'm really glad you mentioned that because CDC says that fluoride is most effective uh, with a topical application, uh, but ingesting fluoride it, for prevent cavities that's like that's like drinking suntan lotion to prevent sunburn. <laughs> I never thought of it, but that's true. Because if you're going, I mean, to it's ridiculous that every you put it on your teeth. You know, why do you have to? You know, why, why would you be drinking something that's a known toxic? It's been known to be a toxic compound for well over a century. And matter of fact, the chemist that discovered it died of fluoride overdose. And so uh, here's, here's the sad part is 41% of the teens now, teenagers, you know, they every 10 years they measure the amount of uh, – what they call fluorosis on the teeth. This is brown spots and white spots on people's teeth. And it's getting worse and worse. It was 10% in the 50s, then it was 20. Uh, 20 years ago, it was about 30. Now it's 41% of teens have these white spots or, or, or brown spots on their teeth. This is systemic fluoride toxicity that's evidenced on the teeth. This is because of fluoride over overdosing. And, you know, that is the first sign that you have permanent health effects internally in some of these other organs. See, it, it all ties together because now I'm going to put it into a, a, a sports application, which I don't have any direct knowledge, but you can see the direct connection, is that there are so many young athletes that are getting hurt way more than they ever were before. You know, when you talk into the joints and basically the fluoride compounds getting in there and and reacting with the, the ligaments and the tendons and they're, they're weakening them, and therefore then they're going out and they're attempting to do these sports and they're getting hurt, and they're saying, well, it's just because uh, you turn, it was a non-contact ACL injury, when in theory it could have been because the, the ligaments were not 100% and therefore couldn't handle the, the torque of playing the sport. Yeah, well, that that could be. Uh, you know, in in the fluoridated areas, the the rate of uh, fractures and when people bro break their hips, so, so they report all this stuff. It goes into some government database. Anyway, uh, there's a lot more of that, and I'm thinking it's like 50% more. It's quite a bit more in the fluoridated areas than the unfluoridated because of that very same thing. Because it makes your teeth brittle, it makes your bones brittle. Uh, and it, it takes a while to do it. Uh, for children, though, uh, the Centers of Disease Control and the American Dental Association warned. They warned 
over seven years ago now, not for babies, not to have them exposed to fluoridated water. You know, don't mix it with their juices, don't mix it with the instant formulas because of that much higher risk of fluoride overdosing, which uh, is evidenced by uh, this dental fluorosis, the white spots and brown spots. However, uh, even though that's in the fine print on their websites, uh, there's never been any education or outreach for the dentists or the general community uh, so that these water plants that are putting it in, they really have a, a legal and moral obligation to, to uh, advise the community uh, at least that the pregnant women and the women with infants should not be using fluoridated water, but they don't do it. Are you still there? Hello? Ah, crap. Well, you got to love technology sometimes. Uh, Skype does uh, give us some problems, but we are back. I am back with uh, David talking about the world of fluoride. And when we got cut off, uh, David, we were talking a little bit about, you know, those, you know, the maybe circumstantial evidence right now, but potential. And then at that point, we got to kind, of, kind of fill us back in where you were, your thoughts, and, and we'll get started again. Okay. What, what we were thinking about, are we on now? Yes. We were talking about the 42% of the teens are fluoride overdosed, and they have evidence of this on their teeth. This is the CDC studies. That's yeah. an awful lot, 41%, and it's getting worse. Well, um, here's the thing. The ADA, that's the American Dental Association, and the Centers of Disease Control warned us seven years ago against giving infants fluoridated water because they're at much higher risk of this fluoride overdosing. Well, they never implemented an outreach or education program for the dentists or for the, the communities at large. So the water companies aren't warning the people like they actually legally should. Uh, this is something they don't want to let out. If they, if they warn uh, pregnant women and, and women with infants or fathers with infants, uh, that they should not give them fluoride water because of the health effects, it's going to create uh, quite a stir in, in all these communities. Well, you said 70%. I mean, that's a very, that's not just, okay, there's one city over here that's doing bad, so to speak. 70% is 70%. That's three-quarters of the whole United States. Yeah, and a lot of times you need a state legislature to ban fluoride or, or to stop making it mandatory, or in states where it's not addressed by state law, you have to go to your city council. Well, these people that want to make this an issue uh, should go in and explain to them what this does and show them that the CDC and ADA has warned. Uh, so that therefore it puts them in the responsibility to, 
to to warn to warn people on the water bills or on the pap- in the papers. Um, this could be quite interesting because uh, they won't do it though. I tried it myself. Uh, they just want to look the other way. They do, do not want to get involved in this at all. The funny thing about this, um, as if you, you needed some more humor, these fluoride chemicals that they're putting in water systems are not for pharmaceutical grade fluoride. These are fluoride, fluoride chemicals. Fluoride chemicals from the industrial uh, air pollution control scrubbers from the phosphate chemical fertilizer industry. And this I know for a fact because I worked on this project back in the 70s with through an EPA contract. And so, you know, this is not conspiracy fact. I mean, this is <laughs> this is not conspiracy theory. Yeah. This is conspiracy fact. There's a difference. See, in in my initial research and kind of how I've kind of bumped up against the fluoride uh, uh, concept, if you will, has been through some of these YouTube videos, and they do seem, you're like, come on, come on, you know, you're like, that they wouldn't go directly, because I had watched one from Natural News, where it actually, uh, in Florida, if I'm not mistaken, they would actually truck it across the United States in trucks to get someplace else. And it was literally going from the plant, the phosphorus plant in Florida, to wherever it was going in the United States. Exactly. And now, since they're running low, a lot of it, I don't know how much, it might even be as much as half, is coming from China. That's what, because I saw, <laughs> funny, because you're talking all, I saw an article one time, it said, made in China, you know, you know, you yeah. know whatever the fancy name. Interesting. But speaking of videos on the internet, the best one is really Professional Perspectives. Uh, that's put out by Fluoride Action Network. These are the scientists. They even have a Nobel Prize winner in chemistry and medicine on there. Another one that's very interesting that gets into the history is the video called Fluoride Deception. And I just love those videos. I play them when I do seminars. And see, and they are. Very well done, because I think that's where I did see the the um, the phosphorus, you know, from the Florida plant to you know the other cities. I think that's is where I did actually see it. Now that I think about it, but um, and the toxicity of that type of fluoride is called uh, hydrofluorosilicic acid, or sodium fluorosilicic acid, is is about five to ten times more than what they were originally putting in, called sodium fluoride, and that. Is is rat poison that you see out at Walmart if they even sell it anymore? It's probably been it's probably been taken off the market. Yeah, that's the stuff know. that you get in your eyes. You know, you're supposed to go to the you know to you know some sort of emergency or poison control or something like this. Interesting. Yeah, well, you're supposed to do that when when you when you swallow a a pea size uh, a pea size size uh, ball of fluoridated toothpaste, <laughs> which you're getting the same amount in an eight-ounce glass of water. So now here's the thing. Uh, over 300 EPA scientists say that uh, they want a fluoride ban because these scientists and toxicologists know how bad this fluoride is, but they can't get it through 
to the top because if this thing blows the lid off and the public finds out about it, there's you know it's only going to be a big black eye for the public health system, which has been promoting this for 50 years. It's going to open up class action lawsuits that's going to make tobacco and asbestos look like uh, you know child's play. <laughs> Interesting. So I'm going to go back and watch that video because, and that was the fluoride deception is one, and then the fluoride action network were the two. Uh, it's, um, it's called professional perspectives on fluoride. Okay. Yeah, it'll come right up. So the name of the film is actually professional perspectives on fluoride by the fluoride action network. Yeah, that's right. Now cool. here's some notes on the warning I have on my. Uh, public health alert, which is a flyer that comes three up, and you know you can bring it up, print it out in black and white or in color. It's red, white, and black. Uh, nice flyer too. I looked at all the flyers on the internet that's being given out throughout the world, and if you find one better than this, I'll send you ten bucks. <laughs> if you if you find really, you won't find anyone better than this. Now. You know, it's got a nice logo that's been duplicated. Uh, it, I've seen it on uh, billboards, on T-shirts, on banners. Uh, this flyer, which you know your your readers or, or listeners can can have, yep. uh, is at is at this site I have called Fluoride. They have to spell it right: fluoride.livingfood.us. And we'll be putting and, all this up on our landing page because we have a landing page for every one of our shows. I'll put all oh, these great. links up there. Yeah. So then, uh, it, and then I'll just make sure it's. And you had given me that yesterday when we had talked as well. So fluoride dot food dot us. Yeah. It it warns on here. It says fluoride is a drug and can cause neurological and brain disorders, kidney and thyroid problems, arthritis, bone cancer. The studies have shown that migraines, infertility, a uh, number of other things. But the fluoride is stored in the body, uh, and it it just won't go away. Now, Luckily, I have, we have two questions bones. before we go to a break, if you don't mind. Sorry to interrupt you, um, but I know we had a, a set kind of a, a time limit. I don't want to make sure we abuse the privilege, but if you could answer two questions. First of all, how long does it take once you you say, David, I see this, I understand it, I need to fix it. First of all, what, how long does it take it to kind of get out of the body, if it does? And two, what can you do to stop that from continuing? Well, I, the fluoride basically sticks to the bones. And as far as I know, there's no way to get it out. Now, some of the soft tissue, it might it might come out. I've heard that there's some some nutritional things that you can do to help flush it out. Uh, but I think if it's in the bones, it's there to stay. Um, that's all I can tell you about that. Yeah, we'll have to do some follow-up shows. You know, we'll find out the answers to that because that's a a question that say you say, hey, I see where you're going with this. I need to stop and reverse course on this thing. You know, do you have well, any recommendations other than going to your city council and obviously getting it out of the water or not, and using a non-fluoridated toothpaste, which there are, um, surprisingly? Yeah, you well, that. yeah. 
uh, all your mouthwashes are fluoridated, your your toothpaste, dental floss. I mean, the, you're getting so much exposure to fluoride, including uh, some foods. And now uh, the EPA was just about ready to al- allow uh, fluoridation of our fruits and vegetables, more of it with, yeah. And so... Uh, you know, this is a real vicious, uh, this is really a diabolical thing, I think. Uh, s- certainly some of the fluoride is. You know, fluoride is used in these psychosomatic drugs like Prozac and some of the others. That's what drives it into the brain. Uh, you know, it's, I, I would really hate to even venture to what, you know, your fluoride that's in your blood, how it reacts with aluminum when you get vaccinated. With with See, the aluminum, it's like, I mean, and I'll put a little context for everybody is that we have talked about um, this particular subject on our show previous, uh, just talking about limiting the number of medical interventions. I call them where you basically, hey, we're going to go eat our food, we're going to go live over here, we'll go to the doctor if we got something broke, uh, but you really want to limit vaccinations you know, and, and all these types of things. But now you're saying there is a tie and it becomes that toxic chemical again, or that toxic cocktail, if that's the right way to put it. Yeah. The, you know, here's where a fluoride actually makes these heavy metals more toxic because it, it does more damage in the system and drives more of them to the brain. This is why fluoride, number one, leaches out any lead that's in your pipes. And, so, therefore, you're getting a, a higher lead level. But if you have other lead exposures around the house, like from the the paint, uh, paint chips, a lot of kids in the older inner city houses have that problem. When they're drinking the fluoride water, they're getting a lot more of that lead in their brain. This is one reason why fluoride has been shown to lower IQ. <laughs> See, I had seen that Harvard Research article as well, but I didn't understand the direction. Yeah. It's funny how you're able to bring – it's like you have all these different pieces of information, but with your background, it's kind of like you are able to bring the connection together, how that applies in a sense that if you are in a, a place where you're gaining that lead and the fluoride, then that affects your IQ and where that – Research comes out that shows that you're decreasing your IQ like by 20 points by just fluoride. Yeah, and uh, there's been some studies showing it uh, increases violence too. So I mean, this is what's going on in the inner city. Uh, they're in the older houses. They they have this affects Hispanics and blacks more than anybody. Uh, that's what the CDC study study says. I'm talking about significantly more now. Why? I, I don't know. Some of it has to do maybe with the genes, but certainly they drink a lot more fluoride per body weight. And they, you know, a lot of them, they don't have air conditioning. If they're like me, they're real tight or cheap or don't have the money to run the <laughs> air conditioning if they have it. So they're drinking a lot more water. Uh, a lot of them are outside all day. Um, they certainly, you know, have their apple juice diluted and all that kind of stuff. They get a they get a massive fluoride, but they're also in these 
types of homes that have the lead in them, lead pipes and lead paint chips. So, you know, it's all a really interesting thing because you can take a blood lead level of, of children and it's, there's a limit on that, but that doesn't really mean much when it comes to when you have a fluoride uh, more, if that more that, it's not measuring the lead that's that's in the brain. And that's what lowers the IQ. See, now so, I can, cause I've, Dr. Russell Blaylock, um, is that a name that you're familiar with? Oh, yeah. Yes, I've watched some of his stuff, and it, it goes. A, it's it's. I'm just now kind of getting to the edge of it, you know, where I can really because I've I've not had the deep understanding of the brain, but it's the excitotoxin piece, and it essentially going into your brain and ex, overexciting it, and then basically killing the nerve cells, and it's like, that's just, it's almost, again, you're back in this. Come on, it it just can't be that way. That's not the way life is, you know. It really is yeah. something that you really have to overcome. Uh, I've to... been chasing, yeah, yeah, that's right. You have to once you get over that edge and you realize that, you know, a lot of these things are being done to us, and and the people that know about it, uh, they don't want to do anything about it because uh, there's there's liabilities involved, uh, and nobody wants to admit their product product is you know damaged a lot of people but you know it's interesting you said that uh i was able to connect a lot of these dots for you because i've been in the environmental field now for 40 years i've chased an awful lot of contaminants and out of all of them fluoride is is the one that is far more more interesting than any of them especially when all these greenies and all these green people in government talk about how we need to Let's say reduce carbon dioxide, you know, mm-hmm. the air that we breathe, <laughs> yep. that yes. we breathe out, you know, to save the planet for our children. They're the same people that are fluoridating us. Oh, so it's like coming out of both sides of the coin, so to speak. There's same coin but different directions. Exactly. You know, uh-huh. I mean, I, I'm, I'm tired, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are just sick and tired of getting lied to all the time. <laughs> and it's true. And it's funny because the hardest part, um, and I'll kind of give you just a little bit of background, then we'll go to a quick break. But um, I am right now finishing up my degree uh, up at St. Cloud State. And I have kind of bumped up a couple of these ideas, um, you know, and I've kind of brought them up in class. And it really is amazing how you get the blank look when you say, well, that's not the way life is. You're wrong. Well, what's the, who says I'm wrong? Just because you don't have information? Is that what you're saying is wrong? Or that because it's too far out there, you can't go there with me? And more times than not, it's they can't go there with me because it's too far out there. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I know I told you a little my, my background. When I start talking about this, and, you know, all of a sudden I, I become – I'm not qualified to say this thing, <laughs> you know. I mean, I've got the degrees. I could have PhDs, and I could even be a dentist. And if if you're saying something that's not politically correct and is, isn't in, in exact step with the public health system, what they've been saying, then you, you become a conspiracy theorist. Uh, and that's what I've been called a numerous times. A nutcase. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How are you doing that? You can't do that. You're I'm an like, angry white man. <laughs> yeah. Especially, you know, it's it's a it uh, it because yesterday we had um, I interviewed uh, Richard Grove from uh, from uh, TragedyandHope.com, and we talked about breaking the chains of institutionalized thoughts. You know, and because I think so many athletes, and I'm going to bring it back into the sports world, is so many athletes are being taught to go a certain direction, that if you do X, Y, Z, or A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z, whatever, that you're going to succeed. And what it turns out, though, is everybody's doing the same A, B, Cs, X, Y, Z. Well, somewhere along the line, you're all going to end up at the same point. You have to come off and do things differently. And one of the things that I think that is amazing is the idea of nutrition has gotten so chemicalized that I'm sure – uh, we talked a little bit about it, and I think we probably should do another show on it, but the idea of natural food versus the chemical food, you know, the, the trans fat, it's butter really, but it's not butter, you know, kind of stuff. And uh, it really is a Imitation of food, artificial foods. Um, yes. Yeah, chemical foods, right, synthetic. Uh, there's all kinds of names for it. The one I like is the spelling P-H-U-D-E. Food. Oh, <laughs> it's funny because you have to sit there at PHUD and and it's food. That's exactly correct. It's exactly. Oh, it's it's food. Uh, it's well, it's a lookalike. <laughs> All righty, we're gonna go to a quick break and then we're gonna come back and talk about the first aspect of real food, which is milk. And I think uh, this absolutely is a, a, a fantastic subject. Thank you, David, and we'll be right back after. 